0: Like that. When you come to Him and you confess your sins and repent of your sins, the devil comes along and trying to remind you of it and trying to stir up all that stuff. You can just hear God saying, What sin? What sin? (laughs) What sin are you talking about? He takes care of our sins when we come to Him. If you're here this morning, in any way, you're still heavy laden and burdened with sin. Let me tell you, you don't have to go home that way. You don't have to go home that way. You can go home free of the sin, free of the sorrow, free of the pain. What a wonderful and awesome God we serve. We serve a mighty God who takes care of our sins, and we not only serve a God that knows how to take care of our sins, we got a God that knows how to heal our bodies. Uh, Jeff over here is a reminder of that, answered prayers and some prayers right over there, right over there. Yes, yes. Give God the glory. <laughs> Give him the glory. <clears throat> oh, we're serving an awesome God this morning. We're serving a mighty God. I don't know about you, but I feel his presence in this place. I sense the presence of a holy God in this place this morning. I want you to just open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit, let go and let God do what I believe he wants to do in this place today. Let me join Brother Zeb in saying that we're honored to see you in the service this morning, especially those of you that are visiting with us. We just want to extend a very hearty welcome to you into the house of the Lord today. I trust you're already being blessed for being here. And we're just honored to have you here as a part of our congregation this morning. We want to invite our attention to the Word of God now for just a little while. I want you to open your Bibles if you have them. I'm going to read from two passages of Scripture, both of them recorded in the book of Acts. If you'll open your Bibles first, please, to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. And then we're going to flip over to Acts chapter 4. But Acts chapter 2, and let's look at verses 46 and 47 out of that chapter. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, verse 47. And they, speaking of the early church, they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread, then house to house, they ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, watch this, the Lord added unto the church daily such as should be saved. And then flip over, if you will, to chapter four. Chapter four, and I want to read two verses from there. Verses 31-31. And thirty-two. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, watch this, were of one heart, of one soul, neither said any of them, that any of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. I hope you got those verses. I hope you, if you didn't, I hope you'll go home and read them after this morning. Read them again. Read them throughout this week. These are verses that describe the early church, the first church after the Lord ascended back into heaven after the Lord sent them to the upper room. This is the testimony of the early church. And I want to talk to you this morning for a little while on this subject. I want to talk to you about the used to be church. The used to be church. Father, guide our thoughts this morning, I pray in these next few minutes. We sent your wonderful presence in this place and I just pray that in this next little while the sweet Holy Spirit will just continue to settle down upon us and that you will anoint your word to the hearts of this people. Lord, give us open ears to hear, minds to understand and hearts to receive what you'd like to say to the church this morning. Lord, anoint your servant. Grant to me the ability to say what you want me to say and in the way that you want me to say it. Make it a word that will go forth under the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost and we'll praise you for all that you do for we ask it in Jesus' name and everybody said amen, amen. If I were to ask you this morning what kind of church would you like for our church to be I wonder what you would say to me. If we had the time to go around this congregation this morning and ask every one of you to just maybe in four or five sentences to say what kind of church you would like the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church to be, I wonder what you would say to me. In this time of transition that you're in, in this time that you're getting ready to move into a new season, what kind of church do you want your church to be? We're living in a day when I think I don't have to tell you that we're living in a time when there are all kinds of churches, there are traditional churches, there are contemporary churches, there are come as you are churches, there are purpose driven churches, there are seeker driven churches. The truth of the matter is if you're looking for variety today, when it comes to churches, you don't have to look very far. There's all kinds of churches around us. Just about every kind of church that you can imagine is out there somewhere. And please understand this morning, I'm not here to put down alternative churches. I understand that it takes different strokes for different folks. I understand that not everybody likes the same kind of preaching. Not everybody likes the same kind of music. Not everybody likes the same style of worship. And I suppose based on that, that to some extent we need different churches. We need churches with innovative and creative ideas. If, and I want you to notice that if. I believe we need creative again and innovative churches today if they are centered and they are focused on the right things. Let me say that again. I believe we need maybe different kinds of churches at times. We need innovative churches, but only if, they are centered in the Lord Jesus Christ and if they are centered in the right things. And so as I look at all of this that I'm describing, all these different churches, all these different ways that you could have church, as I look at them and look at the different styles, it sets me off to thinking about what kind of church would I like for our church to be? If if you've got all these churches, you've got all these possibilities, that leads me to thinking to myself, what kind of church would I like for my church to be? What kind of church would I like for the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church to be? Given these alternatives, given these different choices, what kind of church would I like for us to be? Well, I don't know about you, but the idea of the used-to-be church sounds good to me. I like the idea of the used-to-be church. Now, please understand when I say that, I'm not talking about the church of the 50s. I'm not talking about the church of the 70s. I'm not talking about the church of the 90s. I'm not suggesting we go back to 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm talking about is the fact that there is a church in the book of Acts, the church of the New Testament, that I believe I'd like for our church to be. If you were to ask me, what kind of church do we want our church to be? I'd tell you, I want us to be the used to be church. (laughs) I want us to be the church that used to be in the book of Acts. I want us to be the church that the Bible talks about when it talks about the early New Testament church. If we're looking for a modern pattern or a model and a pattern for the church, I believe that we would do well to try to emulate the early New Testament church. To go back into the pages of the New Testament that I just read from, to go back to these verses that describe that early church, I'd like to suggest to you that that's the kind of church that I'd like the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church to be. Well, that raises a question then, doesn't it? Well, Brother Marley, what kind of church were they? What what kind of church are we talking about if that's the church we want to be? Well, I'm glad you asked. I want to tell you. I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you what I believe that church was like and why I think I'd like for us to be that kind of church. I'd like for us to be the kind of church that I just read about a few moments ago. Let me tell you what they would like. In the verses that I read, there are five characteristics of this used to be church. Five characteristics that I want us to look at right quickly this morning. I believe first of all, They were a church that was endued with power. They were endued with power from on high. You remember that Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he said, I want you to tarry here in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He said to those disciples, Don't you leave here until you are endued. With power. Now, why did he tell those disciples that? In the, why would he say to them, Don't you leave here until you get the power that I'm talking about? Why do you think Jesus talked to them that way? I'll tell you why. Because he knew, listen to this, he knew they could not do what he was asking them to do until they were endued with this supernatural power. He knew that they could not do what they needed to do until they had something beyond themselves, something beyond their ability. And so he said to them, don't you leave it. Don't try, watch this, don't try to go do this by yourself. I want you to get that. Don't try to go do this by yourself. What I'm asking you to do, to go out with this gospel and preach this gospel and be the church I want you to be, don't you try to do it until you are endued with power from on high. He was telling them, I'm going to give you someone who will come along beside you. I'm going to give you someone that will provide whatever you need. I'm going to give you someone that will teach you all things and that will empower you for every task. And so it was that the early church, as they went forward, they were moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, first of all, that's the kind of church I'd like for us to be. I'd like for us to be a church that is endued with power, from online. <laughs> I'd like for us to be a church that's not out there trying to do it ourselves. Not out there trying to do it in our own strength. Not out there trying to do it in our own wisdom. But a church that has been endued with power from on high and we march out of here in that power. We march out of here in that power. We march out of here full of that power. That's the kind of church I believe we ought to be. That's the used to be church. The church that is endued with power. From on high. Then there's a second characteristic here. Not only were they a power, a, a, a church that, were, that was endued with power from on high, but they were enthusiastic in their preaching. They were enthusiastic when they went out with their message to preach it and to proclaim it and to tell other people about it. They were enthusiastic about it. The Bible says they spoke the word of God with boldness. They they, they went out to witness and to preach with boldness. They were enthusiastic about it. That word boldness, I believe, means three things in this text. I believe, first of all, it means that they were open, that they were open with their Testimony, that they were open with their progress. They were not afraid to stand up. They were not afraid to proclaim the truth. How many of you know that many times today the church is being told that we just ought to keep quiet? Just just just, 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 just stay cool. Just just, just 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 don't 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 get so excited about this thing. Just just kind of stay calm. We're being told today that we ought to stay within the walls of our church, that we have no business out here trying to influence the world and influence the government and influence that. We just ought to be content to stay in the church, that we ought to tone it down just a little bit. But not these early disciples. They didn't tone it down. They they, they didn't tone it down. Everywhere they went, they were proclaiming the word of God and they were talking about Jesus and they were doing it with enthusiasm. They were doing it boldly. Let me ask you a question. When you leave here on Sunday and you get out here during the week where you are and you dare maybe to start talking about Jesus, how do you do it? How do you do it? Kind, kind of timid like and kind, kind of soft like and well I don't upset nobody, I won't disturb nobody. I not but 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 do you know anything about Jesus? Is that the way we do it? You can go on and say oh me if you want to. It's, it's, it. Is that the way you do it? That's not the way this early decided. that's not the way this early church did it. They went out with boldness. They went out with enthusiasm. man everywhere they went, everywhere they went. they, they were preaching the gospel, everywhere they went, they were grabbing somebody and said, "Let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you about the one I serve. Let me tell you about the one that I serve. Let me tell you about the one that's done so much for me." We ought to be a people that's full of enthusiasm and, and boldness and that means that we proclaim this message openly, we're not ashamed, we, we, we feel like getting on the housetop and just hollering about it sometimes. Do you, do, do you witness like that openly? And not only does that word mean openly, it also means loudness. Now, Please please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that, that your volume determines your effectiveness. I believe you can whisper the gospel and it be effective. I believe in times when it's necessary and proper, I believe you can whisper the gospel and it be effective and it be good. But God told Isaiah, sometimes you can whisper it, but most of the time, I believe you need to be loud and clear. I believe you need to be loud. Man, not not dropping your head, not kind of whispering it. I mean, look at somebody right in the eyeballs and start talking about Jesus like you're happy about him, like you're glad about him, like you're excited about him. With boldness, with boldness, they proclaimed the gospel. They not only did it openly, but they did it with loudness. Uh, God told Isaiah to cry aloud. He told Isaiah, lift up your voice and spare not. Cry aloud, God said to him. Lift up your voice. Don't, don't be afraid to talk to people and, and do it openly. We need to be sure that people hear us today. Amen? Amen? We need to be sure, I'm afraid too many times we're walking around with this kind of meek, you know, whisper kind of attitude almost when we talk about Jesus, if we dare to talk about him at all. I don't believe that's the way we ought to do it. I believe we ought to be bold. I'm not suggesting that you walk around hollering, but but just, man, when you talk to people, act like you're excited about it. When you talk to people, look them right in the face and talk to them about Jesus. Talk about it openly. Talk about it with some loudness. I read a story one time of of a big, sophisticated church. You know, there are churches that think they're big and sophisticated, they invited this little country preacher to preach one Sunday. <laughs> they invited this little country preacher to preach. Man, he cut loose to preach it. I mean, I mean, he I mean he 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 lit the walls on fire. He got the screaming, got the hollering, he got excited about, about the way I'm about to feel. He I mean he got excited about what he was doing. And after church was over, a little old lady come up to him and said, "Sir, you don't have to scream so loud. God's not deaf." That little preacher looked back at her. He said, "I know, sweetheart, but he's an awful long way from this church, and I just want to be sure he heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be sure he heard me) <laughs> Well, glory, I'm about to feel this thing. These early disciples preached it openly. They preached it loudly. And then there's a third thing that that word means. They preached it plainly. They they preached it plainly. The message was easy to understand. How many of you know this message we have is not complicated? How many of you know this message we have is easy? I've had people say to me well Brother Marley I don't know if I know how to witness I I, I, I don't know if I know how to talk to people why? it's easy The, 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 the gospel message is easy listen to Jesus how Jesus described Jesus said it's just like eating bread he said I'm the bread of life it's just like drinking water he said I'm the living water it's just like sitting down to rest. He said, come unto me all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It's just like receiving a gift. He says, as many as received him, to them gave he the gift of salvation. It's just like a door, Jesus said. I am the door, I am the way. Now, what's complicated about that? You tell me you don't know how to talk about Jesus? You, you you tell me you're sure you don't know how to witness, you don't know how to go out and be enthusiastic in this? What's so hard about this? What's hard about eating bread? Just tell him. He said he's the bread of life. What's hard about drinking water? What's hard about sitting down to rest? What's hard about receiving a gift? What's hard about walking through a door? That's what Jesus said he was. That's what he said he is. Can't you talk? You know, someone well, I just don't understand. Well, let me tell you. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Just, just, just come to him and let him become the bread of life to you. Jesus said, I am the living water. Come to Jesus. He can give you living water to drink. He can give you something. This message that we have is easy. They proclaimed it openly, loudly, plainly. They wanted everybody to understand. They were enthusiastic about their message. They were enthusiastic about their message. Not only is this thing, not only was this early church endued with power, Not only were they enthusiastic about their preaching, about their witnessing, about their talking to people, but thirdly, they had equality of position. The third characteristic of this used to be church is that they had equality of position. Listen, the Bible says they were all in one accord. Listen to this. They were all in one accord. They all had singleness of heart. They had one heart, one soul. I don't know about you, but that list just, just blows my mind. Listen to this. Listen to this. Now, talking about the whole church. They were in one accord. They had singleness of heart. They had one heart and one soul. Can I sum that up for you like this? What he's saying is that in that early church, they had no big eyes and little you. Can I say that again? They had no big eyes and no little U's. They all were one. They had no big chiefs and little Indians. You understand what I'm telling you? The early church, they, had, they, they were all in one accord. They had singleness of heart. In other words, nobody in that church felt they were more important or more deserving than anybody else. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a church just packed full of people and nobody in it felt they were more important than anybody else? Well, I'm a deacon around here. Well, la dee Does that make you more important than anybody? Yeah, I know that it's a special office. I know it. I know the Lord bless. I, I know all that, but what makes you think that that makes you better than anybody else? You look at me sort of funny, but I hope you're getting this. Isn't that what the Bible says? That they they were they, they had equality of position. They were in one accord, one heart, singleness of heart, they said. They were, nobody felt they were more important. Nobody felt they were more deserving. And nobody felt they always had to have their way. Let me say that one more time. Nobody felt like they ought to have their, always have their way. Do you know, and I can speak not only as a pastor but as one of your bishops, one of your conference superintendents for a number of years dealing with 140 churches. Do you know that about 95% of our problems come from that very thing? About 95% of our problems come from the fact that somebody feels they always gotta have it their way. That's not the early church. The early church that this used to be church was in one accord, singleness of heart, one heart, one soul, one mind. Listen to that description. Listen to that description one more time. They were in one accord, singleness of heart, one heart, one soul. Nobody thought he was more important than anybody else. That'll help you build a church right there. That, that that'll help you build a church right there. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our church could be like that? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have a church where nobody felt they were bigger or more important than anybody else? We're just the family of God. We're just the family of God. Come on into the, fam- <laughs> Come on into the family. Come on into the family. Come on into the family. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be a church like that? That's what the used to be church was. That's what the used to be church. Then the fourth characteristic, they were enlightened about possessions. They were not only endued with power, they were not only enthusiastic about their preaching, they not only had equality of position, but they were enlightened about their possessions. Listen to this. The Bible said they had all things common. No one, listen to this. This just blows my mind. No one said that anything he possessed was his own. Nobody said that anything he possessed was his own. They had everything in common. They they had everything. They, They had everything in common. What are you saying, preacher? Simply this. They recognized the lordship of Christ over all things, even their possessions they recognize that nothing really belonged to them in the first place do you understand that anything you've got and everything you've got this morning it comes for just one reason he let you have it he gave it to you it don't don't really belong to you it don't really belong to you everything everything belongs to him He he just makes us stewards of it. He he just gives us this to operate. He he gives us this to live by. He he honors, uh, when we honor him, he does what? He honors, uh, give and what? And it shall be given unto you. They had all things. They they were enlightened about their positions or possessions. In other words, watch this, they were willing to give they they had they, they 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 recognized who the possessions really belonged to they were enlightened and therefore they were always willing to give i'll just about guarantee you in that new testament church you never heard somebody say about the preacher is he taking up another offering again here we go with another offering I'm just stopping so it'll sink in real good. I just want to be sure you're getting it. In that early New Testament church, I bet you never heard anybody say anything like that. Why? Because they recognized. They recognized the fact that, that their possessions really didn't belong to them in the first place. They were willing to give. They were willing to share. They were willing to look after the needs of others. The Bible says they were always looking after the needs of other people. They took care of everybody. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be a part of a church like that? A church that was just willing to give and share and just do whatever they could do. That's the kind of church this used to be church was. They were enlightened about their positions and lastly of all, they were evangelistic in, they were evangelistic in their priority. The Bible says they added to the church daily. When's the last time we took in new members around here? And I, I'm not saying that to cast light on, on anybody, anything. I'm just talking about this used to be church. They added to the church daily. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be the kind of church, the if we could be the kind of used to be church that every Sunday when we came in here, we had to take in some new members? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful if every Sunday we had to take in a member or two? They added unto the church daily, the Bible says. They exploded out of that upper room determined to tell the story and confront men everywhere. And they confronted men everywhere with the claims of Christ, with the message of salvation, with the good news. Everywhere they went, they were just telling the story Tell him the story. How many people do you intend to talk to this week about the story? Tell them the story. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them what he's done for you. I guarantee you this week you'll run up on somebody that's hurting. You'll run up on somebody that's confused. You'll run up on somebody that's struggling. You'll run up on somebody that's lost their way. How about you just step up enthusiastically, endued with power, and start talking to them about Jesus. Tell them you know the way. (laughs) Tell them you know the one that can help them. What if we all just started doing that? Can I tell you one of these days when we stand before him, he is not going to be impressed with our buildings, this is a beautiful auditorium. I told Brother Freddie yesterday, he came up to help me get this, the keyboard in for this morning and get some things set up. and I, He and I were just in here. and his, As we started out, I said, you know, Freddie, this is a beautiful auditorium. But how many of you know when we stand before him one of these days, he's not gonna be impressed with our auditorium. How many of you know we stand before him? He's not going to be impressed with our numbers. What if we had this building packed out and you couldn't even find a seat? I believe that's going to happen. I believe that's going to happen. But how many of you know, even if we do that, just those numbers are not going to impress him? How many of you know programs don't impress him? None of that impresses him. You want to know what impresses him? Here's what impresses him. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. You want to know what impresses him and makes him look at you and say, that's a wise man right there. That's a wise woman right there. He that winneth souls is wise. You know what impresses him? What impresses him is us having a testimony, us having a word, us having the boldness and the endowment of power to go out and talk about him and bring people to Jesus. That's what impresses him. The Bible says, listen to this, they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. Did you get that? He that winneth souls, he that, he, that, he that brings people in. They will shine. Listen to this. They will shine as stars forever. Okay, let's, let, let's finish where we started and I, I, I'm done for today. Let me ask you. let me Let me ask the question where I started. What kind of church do you want your church to be? as you go through this time of transition, move into a new season, what kind of church do you want the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church to be? I want you to walk out of here thinking about it. I want you to think about it this week. What kind of church do we want to be? Let me suggest the kind of church that I hope we're gonna be. I hope we're gonna be in a church endued with power, endued with walking in the power of the, I hope when people walk in here before they draw a real good deep breath, they're feeling the presence of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) In fact, I'm even gonna go one step further than that. I hope as soon as they drive into the parking lot before they get out of the car, they feel the power of the Holy Ghost. You say, preacher, can that happen? Sure, it can happen. That's what happened to the early church. Everywhere they went, they were endued with power. They were endued with power. I hope Stoneville will be enthusiastic in our preaching that we'll just be set on fire. Wouldn't it be nice if up and down the streets of Stoneville and Eden, somebody saw us come, they said, oh Lord, there comes one of that that crowd from the HPHC, SPHC. If you don't watch it, they're gonna gonna go to preaching. They're gonna go talking to you about Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that reputation? If we had that kind of power? (laughs) That when they saw us coming, they knew what was coming. We're so enthusiastic about our preaching. I hope, thirdly, we'll have equality of position. No big I's, no little U's, no big Indians, little chiefs, or big chiefs and little Indians. I hope we'll just all understand that that not one of us has anything over the other. I hope we'll be a church enlightened about possessions. I hope we'll be a church that realizes everything we have Doesn't belong to us, belongs to him. And whenever he whispers to us to give, that we'll give. Whenever he whispers to us to help somebody, we'll help somebody. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could live like that? And then lastly, I hope we'll be a church evangelistic in our priorities. That our chief priority will be to evangelize and bring people in and bring people to Jesus. That's the kind of church I'd like for you SPHC to be and you know what if we can become that kind of church you know what would soon be said of us you know what was said about this early church this used to be church I'm preaching about this morning you know what was said of this used to be church after they, after they got all these things that Jesus talked about, after they were endued with power, after they got really enthusiastic about their preaching, after they got all that going, you know what was said of them? It was said of them, they're turning the world upside down. It was said of them, they're turning the world upside down Cheryl come play something wouldn't it be wonderful if the reputation of the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church could be they're turning the world upside down they're turning Rockingham County upside down wouldn't you like for us to have that kind of reputation wouldn't you like for us to be that kind of church that the world would have to be saying of us, they're turning the world upside down. They're turning Rockingham County upside down. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, let me tell you, if we can adopt these five things that I've preached about, if we can pick those things up, and become what that early church became that used to be church. That's what we can become. So, if you were to ask me this morning, Brother Marley, when our new pastor gets here and we get everything in place and rebuild some of the walls we're talking about on Wednesday night, when we get all that in place, we move into our next season. What kind of church would you like for us to be? I'd like for you to be a used to be church. I'd like for you to be like the church in the book of Acts. I'd like for us to be that kind of church. Because if we will it won't be long. You won't be able to get a good seat in this place. It'll be so full. It won't be long till all of Rockingham County will be talking about (laughs) It won't be long till we can be that kind of church and the Lord can do those kind of things. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. 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 Let me ask you this morning, How many of you like, would like to be that kind of church? How many of you would like for us as a congregation to become that kind of church? That's my burden for us this morning. As I pray about the new season that's coming, and as I join you praying about the pastor that will come and, 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 and who he's gonna send in here to lead, and my prayer is, Lord whoever it is, whatever it is, however it all shakes out, make us a used-to-be church. Make us a used-to-be church. Make us a church like the church in the book of Acts. Make us that kind of church. And if you will, and we'll let ourselves become that, It won't be long. Again, let me say it. And I I just believe, I I just feel, I feel this in my spirit. It won't be long till you'll be able to hardly find a seat in this auditorium empty. If we can become this kind of church, the used to be church, God's gonna do some great things here because I believe it's the kind of church that you wanna be I sense that in my spirit that that you're in agreement with what I'm preaching how many of you believe that's the kind of church we ought to be raise your hand way up high raise the other hand way up high and join me now in asking him to just make us that kind of church Father in the name of Jesus with our hands lifted up and our hearts open our faces lifted toward heaven I want to ask you today to make us a used-to-be church. <laughs> I want to ask you to make us, Lord, like that used-to-be church. Make us. oh Make us like that New Testament church. Make us like that church. Lord, make us like that church. I pray in the name of Jesus, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, I pray that you'll just make us into that kind of people, into that kind of church. I pray and ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Just a minute before you go, I want to remind you of the special classes that we've started on Wednesday night. I want to tell you again how, how badly you need to be here How many of you know, in all honesty, we've had some walls to break down? We need to rebuild some walls in this congregation. We need to rebuild some things. That's what we're gonna be talking about on these Wednesday nights. You really need to be here. And I wanna urge, I wanna encourage you. Make every effort that you can to be back here Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Class won't last but about an hour if it lasts that long. Please make your plans to be here. Please be praying that God will use this training and use this teaching to help us rebuild anything that's been broken and help us to become the used to be church, to become the church that he wants Stoneville PH to become. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night, if not before. May the Lord bless you.